You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what will be crossover Thursday. James Rampian from Locked On Bengals will join us for segment two and segment three as we break down Browns, Bengals, where the Bengals are, where the Browns are, where both teams could possibly, hopefully, be going for the rest of the 2020 season. It's Wednesday. We've got back to practice. Folks, look, the hangover of Steelers week, it's over. Throw it away. We've moved on. It's Cincinnati. And one of the big things here, and we'll get to this a little bit with James, um, is for this is a game you probably would have been concerned about if the Browns had played well against Pittsburgh or had maybe even won against Pittsburgh. Because all of a sudden it would have been, ooh, you know, maybe they're going to overlook the Bengals. Browns right now are an aggravated, agitated bunch. And they're looking to tell everybody that that 4-1 and one was not a fluke. You take that 4-2, and two, turn it to 5-2. and two, It's going to get people on notice. So your injury report. Um, biggest of note, Wyatt Teller, still a, uh, no practice. Sendejo, no practice with a shin injury. Um, did somebody... Perhaps pull a Nancy Kerrigan, Jeff Galuli here. If you are, don't at me. I don't want to know about it. Uh, Jacob Phillips is still sadly out with the knee. A uh, bunch of limiteds. Um, you know, Ronnie Harrison, full practice coming back from the concussion. Limited practice for Carl Joseph. This is huge. Um, I still think Sanday will play. But if you get to the point at this safety position, and guys, you know, I'm not one. Look, Sandeo's in a tough spot here right now. Um, just not doing the job that he was brought here to do, and it puts it in a tough spot for any player. But if now you get back to where maybe you have a true safety room with, obviously, uh, Joseph, with Andrew Sandejo, with Ronnie Harrison, with Sheldrick Redwine now getting reps here, gives an opportunity for Joe Woods to be playing the players he wants to play, not the players he has to play. Key, huge opportunity for Joe Woods here to start to get more and more depth within that secondary. I look at the Brown, I look at the Bengals injury report, and a lot of it is, you know, just giving veterans, you know, some rest. And you understand that, obviously, you know, this time of year and a source with the you know the the shortened season. Joe Mixon didn't practice. You think he's gonna be available. Darius Phillips didn't practice um, with an illness. That stuff usually works itself out. But then all of a sudden, William Jackson the third. Didn't practice today with a concussion. That really, really pops my eyes. William Jackson is, in my opinion, a very, very good cornerback. He's got length. He's got speed. He's got good hips. Obviously, Baker uh, Odell Beckham Jr. gave him all he could handle in Week 2. But seeing where this secondary is at, besides Jesse Bates, who was a really, really nice young safety in that NFL, William Jackson's key. If William Jackson, and if he's got a concussion and couldn't practice today, and I believe, you know, we're going to talk with James Rapine about this, get a little insight on this, because it was a surprise to me, so I'm not really sure where this is going to go as far as Bengals fans, because I, I don't think I heard anything about it up until this point. So we're certainly going to get, you know, James' point of view on this as well. So we are going through this, getting deeper, um, getting into this week. This is a good matchup. This is a really good matchup, and this is a chance for the Browns to feel good. Look, they're a better defensive line than the Bengals are on the offensive line. The Browns are a better offensive line than the Bengals are as a defensive line. The wide receiver group, 
I'm not going to say it's a wash, but it doesn't mean the Bengals don't have players there. Uh, It's just, this is the one to get right. This is the week to get it right. And this is what you do as good teams. As bad as last week was, and the Browns lost, only make it one. Only make it one loss. Get right back on track. You got Las Vegas before the bye. Get the ship righted and get trending towards where you want to be as a franchise who wants to contend for a playoff appearance. There's no way around it. This is what this team is capable of, even with everything not being rosy and perfect to this point, especially with your quarterback who's having his struggles. All understandable. But the opportunity here is to get right. Get back to 5-2. and two. Get back to three games over 500. Get yourself to within 2-2 two and two in the division with two more division games to play. Really looking forward to this one. We've got more coming here. Some uh, fo- words from the kind folks at Pepsi. And then we'll sit down with James Rapian. As we will bring in James Rapian, part of the team over at Lockdown Bengals, doing a fantastic, that we'll do a segment on the Bengals, of course, then we'll do a segment on your Cleveland Browns. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Again, as you guys know, I like my jolt of caffeine before kickoff. Pepsi comes in handy with that. Pepsi, the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Like I said, James Rapian, as you Browns fans know, and it was part of the Cleveland content crew here for a while, back doing Bengals things. And for you guys, he is the equivalent of, you know, Pete Smith for the Bengals over at Sports Illustrated. James, um, it's going to be interesting um, because... Maybe the Bengals thinking maybe there's a shot here for a win this week. The Browns, two disappointing showings now within the division uh, for what is weird with wrapped into what's been a nice overall first six games thus far. But what's the latest in Cincinnati? Um, And I think we've just found out even more and more confirmation that we know number nine, he's going to be around for a while. He's pretty good. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. I mean, if there's one good thing about one, four and one, it's that nine's legit, right? He is, he's your guy and you figured that out and you just, you haven't figured out a, enough else about this roster. And last week, man, they were up 21, nothing, 24, seven, they give up that lead and uh, it's ugly right now. And I think this is probably as close to a must win as you're going to have in Cincinnati this year because of the upcoming schedule. So they're one, four and one, right, Jeff? Well, after that, uh, after Sunday's game against the Browns, they get the Titans and then they get the Steelers uh, after their bye. So they realistically could be 1-6-1 and one at the bye, and then they have Pittsburgh after that, and I think a lot of people have a, a loss there. So if they don't beat the Browns on Sunday at home, it, it, it could get rough here for Zach Taylor and company. So I think it's pretty close to a must win, and it made that loss to the Colts that should have been a win that much more painful given the, the, the murderer's row almost that they have coming up. Yeah, and it, I'll be honest, you know, and obviously now with the uh, seeing the Colts with the Browns perspective two weeks ago, I mean, yeah, they play pretty good defense. Um, I, I just don't see anything with that Colts team. I, I just, I mean, yes, they can find a way to string together some points, but there's like, you don't look at it. There's nothing that scares you skill position wise with them. They're going to be gonna be a tricky team to see how this second half goes for them because that offense is really, really going to have to step it up for them. 
getting to the Bengals and back to the Bengals here, James, um, with, you know, the way it, it is constructed here, you obviously know you've got the quarterback. You obviously know there's some pieces in place, whether it's a Boyd, you like the future of Higgins, you know, some of the young players rotating on defense. Where's the marriage at of head coach, quarterback, and potential future of this success? I see some folks thinking that maybe Cincinnati may be in the market for a head coach at the end of the year. Do you think this pairing has looked good enough thus far where you're going to say, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're, we're not going to look to upgrade. We're going to continue the course that we're on. No, <laughs> not, not in my <laughs> eyes. No, because they're one, four and one and a good argument should be made that they should have beat the Eagles <laughs> tie. They certainly should have beat the Colts when they were up 21, nothing and 24, seven, like I said, that ended up being a loss. And then they should have beat the chargers week one. And, and so when you have three should have ones in your Oh, two and one in those games, then week two against the Browns, which was obviously a loss and wasn't nearly as close as the 35, 30 final score would indicate. It's that much more painful, right? The blowout loss to the Ravens in week five is much more painful. And so now I'm looking at this, this guy in Zach Taylor, he's three eighteen and one. He has yet to win on the road. He's got a lot to prove. And I said how tough the, the next four weeks are, including the bye. That, that is true, but the schedule does soften up a bit. But I, I don't want him to get a third year based on wins over maybe the Dolphins or a, a win here or there over the, the NFC at least with the Washington football team and the New York Giants coming up. I, I don't want that. I want him to beat the Colts because they should have. I want him to show he can beat the Chargers because they should have. And that just hasn't happened. And so for me personally, I think he's got a lot to prove over these final 10 weeks starting this Sunday. What, what if he beats Kevin Stefanski, who I consider right now a better coach than him and the Browns, a more talented team than the Cincinnati Bengals. What if he could do that? Well, that's a, a certainly a step in the right direction and, uh, and, and we'll see, but really it doesn't matter, Jeff, what I think it matters what the Bengals think and what Mike Brown thinks. And uh, I hope that they're not, oh, we're going to give him a third year regardless. Because when you do that, and you saw this in Cleveland, when they gave Hugh Jackson mm -hmm. a third year, that is damaging. I mean, if, if Zach Taylor has four or five total wins after two seasons, that might be all you need to know, right? If if, if they're four, uh, what, what would it be? Four, 27 and one. That's That's pretty much all you need to know. It's going to be hard for him to rebound from it. Yeah, and, and the other thing is what it should come down to is, look, you know, at the time when we brought you here, there was going to be no promises of Joe Burrow uh, at the time. Mm -hmm. Think about it. When Zach Taylor first over, really, nobody really knew who in the world, you know, Joe Burrow was. Uh, and now it's, well, you know, maybe what we think we have has maybe surpassed, you know, what you've shown us to this point. And yes, no, I mean, how you get a third year and, you know, maybe eight, nine, eight wins, nine wins. But uh, you show, you know, four wins, five wins in two seasons. And the other thing is, is maybe now, and this is where they were showing the ability to do some things in free agency this year, which has not been the norm at the Bengals. Hey, we got Joe Burrow. We're willing to spend a little money. Maybe that Bengals job becomes more appealing and maybe you can, you know, essentially shop out of your market, so to speak, for mm -hmm. your next head coach. William Jackson, concussion. I, this I didn't know till today. It, we thinking William Jackson is a part of Sunday's festivities? I would say no at this point, right? I mean, he didn't practice Wednesday, and you're, I was just as surprised as you that he suffered a concussion. And actually, I bet I know the play, Jeff, and you, you know, you really don't know for sure when it happened. But Jesse Bates' interception last week when he comes across the field 
he smashes into William Jackson and oh. Jackson stayed down on the field for a second. I was like, Oh, he's down. And everyone was paying attention to Bates running up the field. And uh, I think he got up and I think he was all right. But at some point he's been diagnosed with a concussion. So I wouldn't be shocked if that was the play, but yeah, he's been really good this year. And outside of week two, when Odell Beckham jr. Certainly got the best of them. And maybe the, the Bengals should have put a safety like Jesse Bates over the top here and there over 13, because Perhaps. it's just really hard to stop him one-on-one. Uh, outside of that, Jackson's been really good. And so if he's not out there Sunday, I think that's a huge loss. Cause now you're looking at, you know, Darius, uh, you, you know, if Darius Phillips can play, uh, he, he was uh, dealing with an illness on Wednesday, but I, I do expect him to play. So Darius Phillips, you'd have LaShawn Sims, you'd have Mackenzie Alexander, but not your guy in William Jackson, the third. And I think he's clearly their number one corner. Yeah, and um, you know, great player. And honestly, you know, because Wednesday injury reports never really do much for me. You know, you thumb through, and usually I kind of know the case. And you know, DNP obviously he missed last week, but I went through and I was just, oh, and it, you know, I saw a concussion. I saw a DNP uh, did not practice. Um, certainly an advantage. You know, uh, headed. You know, certainly could be headed for Cleveland's way. Um, now look, uh, the AFC North is shown to be pretty strong this year. Um, with the two teams on top, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Those games look like they're going to be really, really good. Obviously, Baltimore with a key injury of losing, uh, you know, Devin Bush, which is you know one of the reasons, you know, he was brought in. Obviously, was you know in minds to have a player at the linebacker position who can run with Lamar Jackson. Um, and then obviously, you know, Browns currently sitting at four and two. What is the rest of the season? What's a positive outlook here for the rest of the way for the one and four Bengals? Um, look, it's great to be close in these games, but sometimes you want to turn that in and basically cash that chip in, no? Absolutely, you do. I mean, how many games is Hugh Jackson close in? And I, the reason I mention him is because record-wise, Zach Taylor is, you know, getting closer and closer to, to the Hugh mark. Maybe not one in 31, but still pretty bad. And that's the reality is at some point, the culture talk and all that stuff needs to be wins. And Zach Taylor knows that. I'm not being unfair to him. It's something he would admit. And, and really, you, you look at this team, if they end up 5-9-1, and one, that's about right. Like that's, that's okay. You could feel all right about that. But what Zach Taylor needs to do in addition to winning Jeff is show that he can be the guy for Burrow show that he's going to maximize him. Right. Because that is, that's really the key here. You cannot waste Joe Burrow's rookie contract and those rookie years. And if you don't show it this year, do you, have you earned another shot? And I think that's the key is he needs to at least at minimum earn another shot. And that bar for me and for the Bengals should be high. I'm not sure it is. So when you're talking about the rest of the year, Zach Taylor needs to show that he's the guy to get the most out of Burrow. And I think part of that goes hand in hand is winning some games that they should have already won. And they have it for one reason or another. And, and that's the thing. He's 0-11 and one or one 11 and one and one score games. That's that's nuts since taking over the Bengals. Like at some point, it isn't a missed field goal or a backdoor cover. It's you're part of the problem. And and we'll see here if he can fix it over the, the final 10 games. If he can, more power to him. And I think the Bengals would love it if, if Zach Taylor is this the guy that they hoped he would be when they hired him. But I, I think the, the verdict is still out. So when you're talking about the overall outlook, that's a big part of it is figuring out who's going to be the coach to lead these guys. Obviously they have deficiencies on the offensive line now defensive line with some of their injuries, but overall outlook, I think Zach Taylor in that question mark is a big one. 
Yeah, and you know this is what happens when you start to see a better product on the field. Maybe it doesn't always translate into wins, but then you have to start to question, you know, what's above them, and do you have, you know, the correct plan in place for leadership? Whereas the Browns, and I'm sure we'll probably get to this, um, they thought they did, um, but we'll get to that here. We'll flip it up on Locked On Thursday. Locked On Bengals, James Rapian. Hello, Jake. Miss you. Couldn't make one of these this year, Jake. Couldn't make one of them. That's all right. James and I go back a long way here talking on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, one quick thing to get to, and then we'll, we'll flip it on over to the Brown side. James stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible. Rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone and does not require an account membership or log on. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com, again, are always reliably low. They have the parts you need for your car and your truck. And with uh, self-help tips like YouTube, you can do this stuff yourself. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You want me to go here? Yes, sir. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, and one. Let's keep things rolling on this crossover Thursday with a look at the Cleveland Browns. They enter Sunday's matchup against the Bengals with a four and two record. And for more on that, Jeff Lloyd of locked on Browns joins us. And Jeff, it's funny. I think back to, to week two and that Thursday night matchup and all the talk leading up to that game, it was such a must win for the Browns after that week one blowout loss to the Ravens. And it's, Kind of a similar feeling again this week where the the Steelers uh, do what the Steelers do to the Browns and have done over the past couple of decades. And uh, the Browns, they had won the four games in between there, including the one over the Bengals. So they're four and two. What's the mood like right now uh, among the Browns, given some of the injuries they're dealing with and, and the pounding they took on Sunday against the Steelers? It's funny, and obviously you know these jokes as well. Uh, you know, with the Bengals, um, you know, the Browns actually went a calendar month without losing a football game. Yeah, it's a great joke in April. It's a great joke in July. Ha ha ha! That actually happened. Um, actually happened within the NFL regular season. Things were feeling good. Um, but like I said, leading up to that Pittsburgh game was it, it was time to basically you know max out. You know, put a little extra weight on the bar. See what you were capable of. Granted, it turned into a, a flaming pile of you know whatever you want to call it, and just not a good day all around. Um, the mood is, and this is probably where maybe it was a good thing, because if the Browns had played well, if the Browns had somehow maybe won on Sunday in Pittsburgh, you would automatically, what well, you know, what the, James, you certainly know what the talk is with this media. Oh, they're due for a letdown. They're not going to be ready. Now there's no excuses. Um, you know, you just had, you know, what was your Cinderella month? That party's crashed. It's over. Now it's time to basically climb the ladder again. Um, with the possibility of what we talk about, maybe William Jackson isn't going to play. Um, this offensive line, it, it's just not getting better for Cincinnati. Um, and the Browns weren't full force um, in week two as far as the defensive line. They are full force right now to the point actually where they're sitting a couple of guys um, just due to the fact that you know everybody is available. 
Um, they have more at the cornerback position. Uh, Ronnie Harrison um, came out of the concussion protocol, had a full practice today. Maybe you're going to get, um, you know, Carl Joseph back this week. So it gives you a little bit more teeth and length to the secondary. This is a zero excuses game for the Cleveland Browns. Um, we need to see more of that four-week play where scoring points within the 30s was the norm. Um, and the thing is, and this is where it got tricky with the defense, the, the defense was playing well, but they definitely were getting turnovers at an unsustainable pace for the talent that they have on the field. And of course, that was one thing. And the defense played hard on Sunday until it just got to the point that there was no return. And I think the guys were just gassed emotionally and physically for trying to put up the for the, the fight as long as they did. Um, but you're getting a chippy bunch coming here Sunday. This is a chippy bunch traveling south to Cincinnati on Sunday. There is no doubt about it. They're aggravated. They're annoyed. Um, I think part of it is because Cleveland media does what they do, and they turn back to the questioning players, pointing fingers, as opposed to saying this team is 4-2, and two. there's some really good things. But, of course, there's some things that could still be improved upon. Absolutely, and I, I do think they're in a good spot, and probably right where I would have had them after six games, 4-2 and two is a hell of a record. Ask Bengals fans if they would like 4-2. and two. Of course they would. So let's uh, let's talk about the defense a little bit because – we all know about the pass rush and Miles Garrett. I remember going into week two thinking, all right, the second and third layers of this defense, you can win against them. And I, I saw Denzel Ward. He looked elite. I think he is clearly establishing himself as one of the game's best. But outside of that, I see a lot of Andrew Sandejo hate on Twitter. Oh, yes. I, you know, I see a lot of bashing there. It, can, can the Bengals attack these linebackers, these corners, and these safeties outside of Denzel Ward? Is that a matchup? Are those matchups that they should look to exploit? Well, um, one pleasant surprise at the linebacker position and how he's still not getting more reps, I don't understand, is Malcolm Smith. And it was a quiet signing. He was signed the Sunday where the Browns had their COVID scare, where maybe 10 guys tested positive, maybe 10, 15, da 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 da, da. Two hours later, um, it was all cleared up and nobody, it was a whole bunch of false positives. He's been playing really, really well. Um, he's smart. He's athletic. Um, he, like... Sometimes the ball finds players. Malcolm Smith finds the ball. He's aggressive. And it's certainly been a big key signing for the Browns just due to the fact that Mac Wilson is back and playing. Mac Wilson is nowhere near 100%. He is okay to play, but he's not 100%. Jacob Phillips, they started to see some good things. Dallas, he had a three-play sequence to just kill a drive. Then he had a couple of nice snaps against Indianapolis. Looked like he was going to climb the ladder. Then the knee became an issue yet again. Um, so the linebacking core is still a question mark at this point. And just to show how crazy last Sunday was, EJ Goodson put up like a PFF grade of like 85. So it just shows you maybe the anomaly that Sunday was for the Browns all the way around. Terrence Mitchell has been steady this entire year. And look, with mm -hmm. Greedy Williams being as lost wherever he is, whether it's injury wise and, and, and just everything within this new regime, this, you know, new way this Browns franchise is assembled. Terrence Mitchell's just been steady and it's, it's nothing's ever changed. Terrence Mitchell is the same player. He's always been with the Cleveland Browns. He's not the most athletic guy. He's got great length. He's feisty. He was a factor in week two. It's to the point where the Browns should really consider saying to Terrence Mitchell and his agent, Hey, what would one or two more years look like? Can we maybe make this happen? Kevin Johnson has played pretty well. Um, we'll see more of Sheldrick Redwine this week. Ronnie Harrison, if he practiced today from the concussion, looks like he'll return. Carl Joseph, we'll see. Sandejo was out with the shin. And this is so bad for Andrew Sandejo. 
They're playing him at free safety because he is the most experienced, most football intelligent safety they have. Should he be playing there? No, he's getting toasted. He's getting killed. Um, but they wanted to hopefully transcend Ronnie Harrison and in this role. But the problem is they need Sandejo to make the calls. And it's just making for a difficult, difficult situation. It's not going well. The question would probably be, you know, what are the Bengals trotting out? Because it seems like the wide receiver position, they're still trying to hang on to A.J. Green. They've got Boyd. They've got Higgins. John Ross played earlier in the year. Now he's not playing. Auden Tate's not happy. I think I've counted to this point where A.J. Green's probably not been happy. Tate's not been happy. John Ross has not been happy at times. Um, but look, until they put it together and they get a week, two weeks, three weeks, where they can at least have five or six of the same defensive backs on the field, you're not truly sure what this secondary is yet because it's been a revolving door. I, I mean, they've already started four safeties. So it's it's really hard to develop any cohesion in times like these when you're not getting game reps together. Um, I, I think they're trending in the right way, even with what happened last week at Pittsburgh. They were they were really good on the underneath stuff. Then they fell apart kind of late because they were kind of cheating up, trying to create turnovers. Um, but this is also week two, and for Coach Stefanski and everybody in that building, this is how you judge guys. Look, you're seeing a team for a second time now. And it was not that long ago. You know, what is everybody going to take from the tape of week two and apply to try to beat each other with this week? That's a key, key factor to this. And it's the same thing with the players. You know, you went against these guys. You know, how did, where did they beat you? How did they beat you here? When you beat them, how did you beat? Because you got to f- figure the counter reaction to everything that went on from week two, which was not too long ago. There's a lot going on here, a lot to the surface in a rivalry game. Um, but the Browns need this. They just need to come in. And they need to play what they are capable of. Yes, Nick Chubb, it's a loss. But, you know, saying oh, Kareem Hunt's your running back, you know, for anybody who wants to cry about not having Nick Chubb, I get it. But as he's not gone for the season, and, oh, boo-hoo, you got to now turn to a player like Kareem Hunt. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, – oh, man, that's a pretty good backup plan. Uh, real quick, speaking of yeah. backups, last thing for me, Jeff <laughs> – uh, I think they're starting to have uh, some backup conversation. We saw Case Keenum last week. Obviously, Baker Mayfield dealing with mm-hmm. the ribs, all of that stuff. Where's this at? It sounds like Baker's going to play. It sounds like he's going to start. It, it, what if he goes out there and throws two interceptions in the first half? Like, is is his seat as hot as it felt like? That's what the media would indicate. See, and this is the toughest thing because the quarterback position is magnified. Um, First half against Cincinnati, week two, played really well. First half of the Indianapolis Colts game, played really well. And then a couple of bad throws that, you know, everybody talked about the interception, you know, obviously versus your Bengals. The two interceptions versus the Colts. It gets so skewed down because it is such the most important position on the field, which everybody knows that it's – Everything gets mad. Like you can throw away 90% of the game over two throws. And look, it's not wrong to do it. It's not. I mean, these turnovers become crucial. Baker's did more today than he did last week during practice. So that's probably a good sign. I don't think the Browns want to play Case Keenum. And it's not just a question of this season. It's a question of, you know, you're going to have to make a decision come late April about whether or not you're picking up Baker Mayfield's fifth year option. So with 10 games to go, hopefully maybe one more, 
the Browns have a lot here invested in Baker Mayfield that they need to figure out as far as where this organization is going further. I will tell you this, though. I mean, if it's 13-10 Cincinnati at halftime Sunday and Baker's responsible for two turnovers, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to Case Keenum. And maybe they'll use injuries as an excuse. Um, But I think this front office and this regime is starting to realize that playing at least one January game is certainly on the table. So if that means you got to simplify things, make it easier just because you can beat people with vanilla, so to speak. I think that's what they're going to do because at the end of the day, nothing else matters as far as a coaching staff, except wins and losses. Um, They have the defense. They have stars at a lot of positions. They got to do whatever they can do to find a way to put up North of 24, 27, 30 points. If Baker cannot get it right, I think this team is not going to sacrifice it hoping he gets right, and especially with all that's on the table with him. Um, If they can win nine games, they can win 10 games. I think that's what they're going to do. If Baker's along for the ride, that's great. If not, I think they're going to have to make the decisions that are best for them as a franchise. What if the Browns are down 21 nothing early in the second quarter like the Colts were? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. That, 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 uh, that I do not see happening. That had to hurt. That had hurt. hurt. Uh, I I'd, rather get my, hurt. I'd rather get blown out from Jump Street than feel good about yourself at 21 nothing, and then all of a sudden just watch and it lose. dwindle away. Yeah. Yes. yes. And you knew right away. To Phillip Rivers, too. I thought it was 2006. I mean, the way Phillip Rivers was playing. It was kind of ridiculous. Um, Jeff, I, I appreciate it. Hopefully this game, it looked close in week two, but let's be honest, it wasn't. Let's hope this game is close. I want a close game. I don't care, you know, but but just give me a close competitive game. And uh, and I think people will be, uh, you know, be able to enjoy the Battle of Ohio. Um, I'd like a blowout, personally. I think that's what my team needs. Um, <laughs> what? No way. And let's way. look at it this way. It doesn't no matter way. where you – because, look, if you guys get picked two, three, or four – you're in prime position to trade down. Still get a go good a left tackle. Let everybody else battle it over the quarterbacks. Look at it this way. Nobody's talking about your quarterback right now, James. The Browns are four and two, and people want to run this guy out of town. It's oh, well, I mean, there's I mean, just no winning ever. Well, yeah. Well, part of that is because Burrow, I mean, he's better than Baker. I mean, that that part's done. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I and we joked about it in the offseason, but that I mean it's clear. That part's done. But the good news is for Browns fans is the Browns are better at everything else. Offensive line, coaching, uh, even the the top <coughs> end of the receiver room is probably better because of Odell. So, yeah. I'm just going to say one thing. Um, you may want to sit Burrow versus Pittsburgh. I know. I know that we've had those conversations. Just go play golf. Go do something. We've had conversations this week about that, and I don't even want to think ahead to that, uh, that week nine matchup because just some of the hits we saw Baker take, they have a good offensive line. The Browns have a good offensive line. What happens really when, good. Uh, when these they guys look like the little giants oh. blocking the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday? Oh, I yeah, I yeah, that's a Ryan Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley is yeah. up, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Hey, Ryan, I, I, I certainly hope that isn't the case Sunday. The like guys. I said, I want a close game, Jeff. I want a close game. I understand. I understand. And you know, look, I mean, for the Bengals, for the way they're trending, certainly. Um, Look, if you can't win them, you, you certainly want to be in them, so to speak. And that murderer's row you guys talked about coming on up here. Folks, that's it. It's uh, Crossover Thursday's done, baked, put in the oven. James Rapian from Lockdown Bangles. 
your host of Lifetime Browns, Jeff Lloyd. Um, we appreciate everybody. Um, it's a shame that it's over so early because um, I always appreciate the talks with, you know, Jake and with James. Uh, they do a fantastic job, obviously, with the coverage of this team. And, of course, check everything out on SI as James does a fantastic job covering the Bengals through the All Bengals account. Um, again, uh, we move on to Sunday. Uh, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Um, and we'll tow it up basically 1 o'clock on Sunday. Bengals, Browns, Battle of Ohio.